day, and welcome to Healing in the Afterloss. This is a show about coming to a place of peace and healing after loss. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my honor and privilege to be co-hosting the show with Benjamin Allen, my friend, a brilliant writer, a gifted speaker, and an amazing human being. And here we are again today. Hello, hello. How are you, Benjamin? Hi there. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I am doing well. And I think that this the show that we're going to do is so good that we've decided to do this one. Of course, it's timely because we're talking about the holidays and we are uh, right in the middle of um, the Hanukkah season and we're just uh, about a week from Christmas on this day that this is being recorded. So um, actually we're live right now on, on, on the air, but the, it's just a really good time for us to talk about self-care in terms of not only the holidays, but in other occasions like birthdays, anniversaries, and, and other special occasions where maybe expectations are running high about how we could be or should be acting. Or, you know, it's like, gosh, how am I supposed to take care of myself when I'm feeling low or blue? And, you know, there's a lot going on there, isn't there, at this time of year for people who have had a loss? There, there really is, and, and it is an intensification of what's always there. I think the holidays magnify so much, and every feeling that we have that we tend to have assimilated into this daily living of living in loss and living within the 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 uh, emotions and experiences and the context of not having the ones we love on a daily basis turns into this major consciousness of that loss, especially in holidays. Well, especially when, you know, you've got words like joy, joyful, you know, celebrate. And I would say when I am feeling particularly in, in inside my loss, you know, whatever that might be, joyful and celebrate might not be the words that I'm going to glom onto for the moment. So can I maybe lower my expectations for myself? Can others maybe lower their expectations for me? Or is it about expectations? I'm not sure how to look at it. Well, for me, it's, it's I look at it as the life of before and the world of the after loss. And as we've talked about in other shows, that when I came up with the idea of, of a paradigm that had after loss is because the people that I love that have died, they often talk about going, people going to the afterlife, and then I was left in the after loss. And what happens in the experience of living in this after loss is there is this life of before, and nothing brings that up greater than holidays and that whole sense of this parallel worlds. It could be called parallel universes, but they're really parallel worlds of this world of before and the world of the after loss. And those that are living with loss and in grief and in in that sorrow are living in both worlds. And that's where the tension and the need for self-care really come into play because it is uh, it is a, a challenge to balance this world of joy and the, the seasons and the happiness and the holidays and the honoring of one's feelings and the journey within the after loss itself and having that that attempt to balance between the two, not an either or but a both and in relationships to those two worlds is really uh, takes a lot of intentionality and consciousness. And that's why it's very hard. Some people will just withdraw, say, I don't want to live in that world of before anymore. Others say that are forced into that world or, or choose to live in that world of before tend to negate the feelings that, that are just in that subterranean world of, of sorrow. And so how do we balance that? How do we find self-care? And that is something that hopefully you and I will be chatting about uh, this time uh, together 
because it is a balancing act and it is a sense of how do we honor both worlds, live in both worlds, and find a pace and rhythm in both worlds. And sometimes they connect and sometimes they just are in a parallel stream. And so we we bounce back and forth between the two. Well, I can see how that bouncing back and forth between the two would kind of line up what, with what I'm thinking right now, and that is you're talking about honoring the person that is gone, and I'm thinking it's almost, in my mind, dishonoring the person in a way, you know, it's maybe inappropriate to feel happy when they are missing, you know, like it's a betrayal. You know, and I know that that is a very self-limiting, sad, you know, construct to say such a thing. You know, it cannot possibly serve a person but I think that that does happen to people, the where they feel like they're betraying oh, yeah. the lost one. Oh yeah, that that is a big thing that I I went through. Uh, not just in life, as, as we said earlier, not just in the season, but through life itself. But this magnification in the season, but that is very true of a feeling of betrayal. If I leave this sorrow, then I'm negating their life is something that I had to work through and I had to really address in in my own way of is that true? It doesn't matter if it's true, but that's true how I felt. And so in the feeling of that, it is the honoring, not just the honoring, by the way, of, of one the ones we love and who are not with us anymore physically. It's not just honoring them, but it's honoring, the way I look at it, it's honoring life itself, honoring love itself honoring authenticity itself. And when I'm down, I, I'm real. I'm down. When I need to be alone, I'm alone. When I need to or want to be with other people, I am with other people. It's the honoring of the realness of life. And, and that realness does include joy and happiness and gratefulness for the ones we have still with us. And so it's not uh, it, it's not having to turn away from the ones we have lost to be able to be with the ones we uh, that are still with us or turning away from the ones that are with us to honor the ones we lost. It's how do we blend and honor both. And that is that that balancing between the life of before and the life of the after loss. It, it is it it can be uh quite uh that that kind of feeling and emotion and like what you said, uh, Deborah, really was was true is that it may sound like a, not a healthy construct to say if I if I'm happy then I'm not honoring the one I love and and that that intellectually someone could say yeah that that's not true but emotionally there's there's a lot of that that goes on with those of us in grief and then I certainly did have to go through that and and to sift through what I was actually feeling around it. Right. Well, I I can tell you that um, this comes to mind right now for me because I have a four-year-old boxer dog, and she is mm-hmm. just the funniest, most adorable, beautiful, loving animal. And she is the one that came into our lives after we lost our beautiful Chutney, who lived to be 10 years old, and her passing almost killed me. I thought I was going to die. I mean, it was just like the worst day of, of ever. I thought it was just like awful, horrible. And I thought I was never going to get over it. And we we decided to get Zena immediately, did not wait, because I was in so much pain. And it's a little different. You know, you can go and pick up another dog, <laughs> you know, and, and hope for the best. You can't choose other family members like that, God knows. And, and I would, I'm not being flippant when I say that. I, I wish we could. Um, but, um, I felt like for a while, I felt like I was dishonoring how much I love Chutney. I love Zena. I mean, I love Zena and I just love being around her and I love that she's in my life. So there's this conversation that I have, you know, like, is it okay that I've made a a way for coping? You know, I I had to cope somehow and and this is how I did it. And I I think I'm okay with it. I think I, I mean, I've thought about it in the last several days because I, I do miss that other dog a lot. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and, and and it also 
is an illustration of that larger question of both and or either or in grief. And that and can I love, can I continue to love and and when there has been loss. And that is and in the holiday season that is so uh, accentuated, and it, whether it's in the subconscious or conscious, conscious, it's there. It's there of of how do I balance this? And I know in my own experience of of uh, the losses that we went through, you know, the loss of our youngest child, you know, at eight and a half months old, and we had a three year old that uh, was dealing with the death of his brother. And then how do you deal with that first Christmas? How do you deal with birthdays? How do you deal with those things? And and what we did and what we decided was that we would be honoring Brian, our youngest child, and we would be talking about him and, and missing him and loving him, but also continuing to love and to celebrate that moment, which was not an easy task. You know, and then when, when Matthew died, excuse me, when, when Lydia died, uh, my wife uh, and her his mother died, Matt and I did the same thing of, you know, how do you honor and love and yet continue to love and to move on? And, and it happened for me with relationships, with romantic relationships. And that, so it is always there in every context. And certainly an animal is is such a precious part of our lives and that is so hard to go through and I've gone through that and it is excruciating and so how you know everybody has their own rhythm and their own way to address their sorrow and there's no one right way or wrong way but there are certain elements that are universal and and you tapped into one of the, one of the major universal elements of loss is how do we continue to love? Is it a betrayal? Is it an either or or both and? Can we live uh, and continue to love and to expand with others that we still are with and and not feel that we're walking away from the one that we we can't hold anymore? And right. that's that's really important in this in this time to address that and to come to peace it, with that. It is, it is. And it feels like a, a, a nice segue right now to talk about a gift that you have created for anyone listening or anyone that finds you on the Internet or goes to your website, um, which is theafterloss.com. And um, it's called, this gift is called Five Tips for Self-Care in the Holidays. And what I thought would be good is to just go through those five tips briefly and speak about them so that way a person can have your written words. And also what's really great about that, uh, it's about a 12-page booklet, let's call it, um, is that it also has journaling exercises and uh, ways for people to reflect on what you have written about these five tips. So do you have anything else you want to say about that before we dive into the five tips? Uh, no, just that whatever's written may not be what's shared. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to talk about? But <laughs> well, that's but why we'll, it's a bonus. We'll, we'll, yeah, <laughs> we'll t- we'll touch on the points wherever wherever the conversation leads us. But yeah, that, that's right. And, uh, and I and I wrote these because it, it's more of of a an experience that I have had, and I want to share with others is that this is what I needed to get through these holidays. This is what was important to me. Some of the things that are important to me that perhaps could be of help help to someone else. Absolutely. And as kind of the tee up, it's not even one of the five tips, but it seems like something that is so important. And that is in the introduction you say be gentle and be careful. Not careful, but careful. And I think right. that is so sweet to think that that's, that's the container that we're going to put this in. That's true. And and to be full of care and to be careful is is so important. Uh, to be in that sense of gentleness and self-care 
is is incredibly important because of the the loss itself brings up so many emotions and so many times that we put ourselves on the back burner and feel uh this this negating of what we're actually going through and whether we are conscious of it or not we are still going through it and it's and bringing in that gentleness and that being careful being in that state of consciousness that i need to take care of myself is very very important and really before we start this is, is one element is that i found for me that the more care self-care that i have for myself the more ability i can be there for the world around me it's not a selfishness it's not it, it is a in that self-care it is actually creating the capacity within me to be present for the world around me and so the more i can find that self-care and, and self-love and and the processes that i needed to go through to find that equilibrium balance peace and love then the more i can give that balance equilibrium peace and love to the world around me okay that is that is a very good way to start and number 1 in your five tips is be real and be yourself so why don't you go on to a little conversation about that because i think it it's exactly what you were just saying right and and that be real and be and and be true to yourself and be yourself is really uh that gauging and to not having to pretend and live in a mask and that's the hardest part is when i used to you know with you know, the 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 celebrations around me to try and to participate in that when i was in this really difficult painful place and what i realized was i couldn't wear that mask that mask was doing me damage and so self care is about saying this is all i can do this is who i am this is what i'm going to this is me i'm i'm you know throwing myself all around the 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 room with folks and so it just means that i need to be aware that there's there's a there was a limit to uh, to my ability to engage in that kind of happiness and and love and joy and I could do that to a certain degree but in the realness that I was living in there was also a time I needed to honor that and say you know it's time for me to go it's been fun but I I need to go now kind of thing and so and to not live with mask and the more we hide the more we reveal because no one can ever hide there are no secrets and especially in sorrow uh people know people know that where we're at and those that know and those that have experienced it can meet you in that real place and so giving them the opportunity and your realness to come to you and their realness is a gift to both I love that and I I know that in the uh, in the document I keep calling it but the 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 guide let's call it the the guide um you say that be who you are right now and be real if it hurts real bad hurt if something is real funny laugh if a moment brings up real pain feel it if you find real joy enjoy it when we are real and accept who we are right now we have a real good chance to lean into our sorrow and loss and find within every lost moment there is a timeless embrace of love and potential healing. That's powerful stuff. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I I truly live that. Uh, and I hope that the people that are engaging right now with us in this conversation can can experience that and that it's okay to be in pain, it's okay to hurt, it's okay to laugh. It's okay to enjoy. Uh, and that is the true blending of the two worlds and to the one world we live in, and that is the world of love itself. Right. Well, let's move on to tip number two, which is balance what was 
with what is and the majesty of memory. Yeah, the the first line of that is uh, which I like a lot, which came to me when I and, and that the, the, and this part of this majesty of memories is memory lies at the intersection of what was and what is, and that really works for me. Is that when I remember, I am really in a moment that transcends this specific experience, and it adds to doesn't take me away from this moment, but it adds to that memory. And that's the intersection of, of, of my remembering, you know, what happened. I pick up an ornament, and I remember when we bought that ornament. That, and I'm, so I'm here, but I'm also there. And, and that is what is, it's okay to balance like that. It's okay in that balancing of what was and what is, which expands the present tense now that I live in. So, again, it's not an either or or. And there is this touching of memory that especially is intensified in the holiday season or on special occasions that give me an expanded view and an expanded experience of my love for the ones that that I can no longer hold. You know, I always say that I don't say that that are no longer with me because forever the ones that I love will always be with me. But these are the ones that I can no longer hold and that there's a big difference. And so when I am in that moment of touching an experience or touching, you know, something tangible driving by a restaurant that Lydia and I used to go to or, you know, picking up a tree and remembering those times we went for a tree. When I when I am in those moments, that's the majesty of memory. That's where it expands to where it doesn't diminish right now. It enhances and expands it if I choose for it to, if I choose to lean into whatever I'm feeling. Where where the contraction comes for me in any experience is when I reject what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what's going on within me. If I'm in rejection of that, I'm in contraction. If I lean into it, and especially if I lean into it without judgment, then I step into the expansion that lives in a, in a both-hand world and not an either-or world. Separation is what hurts. You know, inclusion and openness and the embrace of, of, of everything I'm experiencing is where I, I – that always leads me into a place of healing. And so memory and remembering can be painful, but it doesn't need to be a destructive painfulness. It can be a healing pain that takes me into the expanse. Does that make sense? It does. And I'd like to draw attention to one of the phrases that you have put in tip number two uh, sentence. It says, loss in the holidays bends moments into the direction of the heart. And the heart holds dear the love that can no longer be held. And by love that can no longer be held you're talking about the person that you that you haven't lost that person you just can't hold that person right with you right, right. so that's beautiful right. it, it bends moments into the direction of the heart and the heart holds dear the love that can no longer be held and that's the expansion then of the heart space exactly to hold to hold more love more majestic memory um it's it's more 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 Exactly, and this is where it's really important for me in that that moment of the expansion. What helps me lean into that expansion is that I'm not looking for that love to be the way it was. So that's where it's also the balance of what was and what is. I love my children. I love my first wife differently now in a different way, not differently as in the love itself, but in a different way 
I find my connection and my experience of loving them uh, in new avenues. And if I was just looking at, I can no longer hold them. I can no longer hear their voice. I can, then that is, and I have lived that. And I, and I think every person has to lean into that and go through that to get to a place where the love transforms into a different manner of uh, a different avenue of loving. So, uh, but that's that's the balance of what was and what is as well. And uh, it's just important for me to realize that my ongoing relationship with the ones that I love that I can no longer hold is that evolutionary process of expansion, but it, it'll never be the same. And when I let go of that, it had to look like it did and it and it, it can look like it is now. That's where the growth in my relationship with with uh, Lydia and Matt and Brian and and my mother and my brother and my friends who have died, all those kind of things. It it goes on. Love goes on and on and on. And so do these relationships, as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you, and I also think that understanding how that expansion works and not maybe stuffing down the feelings because they're painful, but leaning into them, as you always say, for me has, has allowed me to actually be able to talk about my mother and not break down every single time. You know, I can talk about my, my beautiful chutney, you know, and not break down and cry every single time. I mean, I still do it every now and then depends on what I'm saying, but do you know what I'm saying? I can actually, have those wonderful memories and not feel like the pain is going to overwhelm me. Yeah, and you've, you've really hit on a very important feature of how we can go into that loving space is by sharing it. And in the holidays, you know, sometimes loss is the elephant in the room that no one wants to look at. And that's really hard. That is a hard place to be. And and I'm sure I mean you can tell us some of what the ways you've done it to where you talk to safe people, you talk to people that understand, you talk to people that you connect with, uh you know, in appropriate places to be able to talk about your mother and then come to that place to uh for the expansion. It is important for us to talk about our loss. Uh, and and what we're feeling, and that's part of the being real at the beginning. Being real helps others come in their realness, saying, I know that kind of loss, and to validate and to, you know, support you. And so I'm sure you've you've experienced that, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) No, no, that's never happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that's never happened. (laughs) Moving along, right? <laughs> no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, and and it just um, part of it has to do with time, also. You know, um, right after my mother died, uh, it'll be six years ago in January. Um, my goodness, I couldn't talk about my mother at all without, I mean, you know, just completely breaking down and crying. Ugh, couldn't even stop crying. Um, and then I just started to feel like it was better for my memories of her and for my, frankly, my health to just start to remember the good things and not and not dwell on any of the stuff that made her sick, you know, the the way she died and all that stuff. I just kind of put that in another place. And um, I, my mother... Rest, may she rest in peace, was an amazing human being. And I miss her every day, and I miss her particularly in the holidays because um, I used to be with her on Christmas Eve and uh, from Christmas Eve until <clears throat> the day before Chris, uh, New Year's Eve, even though I had a relationship with my husband that would have liked, you know, he would have liked to have had me with him, but I, I went to Arkansas to be with her because she would have been alone otherwise and nobody wanted that and so when that stopped being that way you know it was no longer 
that trip that I was going to take, um, that was that was hard. It was really really hard. And I, yeah, yeah, that first uh, first year after that. So, and she died on the the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. You know, while I was there. So, it, it, it yeah, it's the holidays for me are kind of uh, odd. <laughs> so, but you know, every year it's better. And, um, you know, I, I was able to actually say what I just said, and I did not start crying, which is good. But, you know what, if yeah. I had, that would have been okay, too. I know you're going to say that. So, but, Absolutely. You know, I know, I know. I, I, I do honor whatever comes up, you know, because if I don't, then I am completely not in my own self-care if I can't do that, right? That's so true. And that's, I really appreciate you sharing that because that is incredibly intense. And a very powerful memory and a powerful um, gravitational element to the holidays today. I mean, to be able, you're 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 walking through this what we're talking about here in these tips. You're walking through it, uh, and you've walked through it for the last six years in the heart of it, with with the loss being in the holiday itself. And that's that's uh, that's not an easy that's not an easy journey. And I wouldn't call it. You've you used the word. It, it uh, makes the holidays odd. Actually, it would be odd if if, if 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 you didn't go through all of that. You know, if you didn't go through the, the, the what we're talking about here and the need for self care and that awareness, it would be. It's so hard not to address. It's harder not to address the the losses and the sorrow and, and the missing than it is to address it and to honor it and to be a part of it. And you know, this I like what you also said about that it it has become easier to to make it through the holidays and not cry when you speak of your mother. And I I I would imagine it's because you have done so much work in consciousness around the living and loss and, and, and the grief to be able to come to this place. When we avoid it, we I've, I've seen people living for years and years and years that cannot speak without without that pain showing up. And if we lean into the pain as the pain shows up, the pain lessens. And the pain can be transformed into a different experience and emotion when we talk about the ones we love. So you've you've right. done a lot of work. You have done a lot of work to come to I this have. place of the holidays. Yeah. I have, I have, and um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when this first happened six years ago, I if you had told me that I would be where I am today six years later. I would have said not possible, not going to happen. Um, but you know what? I I have done the work, and um, and I'm I'm frank, I'm frankly blessed to be able to um, share with other people what it's been like for me, just like you share about what it is has been like for you. And I think that's part of my own healing. Yeah, I really do. Really you do. know, and I and I think you hit an, another good point. Is we are always we always have the potential and the capacity to be in that state of healing. It's never over. It, it doesn't end. Healing, growth, expansion does not end. Uh, it, it is just it may change and may show up in a different way, but. You know, and and so part of that healing is talking about what we're going through with someone that's safe and that's available that can hear it. But also part of that is talking about not just what we are going through, but there comes a point where we can talk about what we went through. And that those are the footprints in the after loss. Those are the trails. Those are the people we meet along the way, and we are all at different stages of this loss. 
and where we can talk about what I can share with them what I'm going through right now. And they say, yeah, I have been there. And to hear that and to know that they're still breathing, they're still loving, they're still living. And that, that gives me hope when I was in those places. And now what you and I are doing, Deborah, and this, this endeavor is to hopefully give those that are right in the midst and the thick of it and that are going through it to say, yeah, this is what we went through. And we still go through parts of that, and that's part of the healing. And, and well, it, it yes. just doesn't. That's right. And, and my footprints and your footprints become part of the path for others if they are on the path. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I am willing for my footprints to be available. You can watch, you know, you can watch where I have walked and you can walk with me if you like and you can talk to me if you like and I'll be an open heart for you. So I think that's what we're doing. I think it's really awesome. Yeah, and I think that it also goes into that the next tip is that finding safe places, public and private time. And that and that, that really is the safe places are include safe people. And I really think I really think we gravitate, you know, as a proverb says that I love so much, deep calls to deep. And we, in the depths of our sorrow, find those of depth who have also sorrowed. And and we find each other in this in this in the trails of of the after loss. We find each other. Uh, in very strange and odd ways, but and that comes back to it circles back to that first step of being real. Because when we are real, the real people find us, and we find them, and that's really finding safe places, not just geographically. Like if, if you're in a house and there's a lot of conflict and there's a lot of stuff going on that that you're not in sync with, to walk out of it. Walk away from that. That's a safe place to say this is this is doing me harm. I need to to move on, to move away from this for for right now. And a lot of families are like that, and certainly it's, that's not an isolated uh, case. But also that public and private time, the public time of being with others and being in sync and rhythm with the collective that are a part of that dynamic, be it family, friends co-workers, wherever it is, that's the public time. But there's also a need for private time and a time that that we can be alone. And and so many so many occasions people want to just fill their days so they don't feel but that doesn't that doesn't abate the feelings. It just postpones them. And and when we can find that balance with public and private time and to feel, and that private time doesn't just mean alone time. It means being with someone or others that can hear, support, nurture, just just love you in this time of tremendous pain uh, and to hold that pain without judgment. Is, is one of the greatest gifts that we can give each other, especially in this holiday time. You are so right. You are so right. And I'd also like to point out one beautiful phrasing of something that you said in, in this guide, and you said, being sad is a downer to the rest, and quite often we don't want to burden others with our sorrow, so we hold it in, hide it away, and consequently, our tears flow down the inside of us rather than let others see the flow of sorrow down our cheeks. And I have a sense that if you had that happen too many times, it did not go and have that safe place to have your emotions be what they are and let your tears flow, you're going to drown in your own tears flowing down That's your cheeks. That's a good way to put it. It's just, and that's that's true. There has to be that balance and that in and out. But I also 
what you've read in there is, is also something we may want to address rather quickly is that we try to take care of everybody else's feelings and 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 not to be a burden not to you know so we so we put on the mask we put on those things and we 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 suffer our sorrow in silence but it's screaming out inside of us so there there needs there there's a time for that i i've lived through times of that that i didn't want to to impose my sorrow on those that are in a happy place <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. but i needed to find a place where i could be in that expression of my sorrow with people that that could hold that space and that's so important absolutely absolutely all right well that kind of segues nicely into create a time for honoring loved ones which is number four yeah that that to me is important in that you know the when we were talked about at the beginning of our conversation today about our the betrayal the betrayal element that that kind of that that is that that is in that in that sub subterranean consciousness of oh am i if i do this i'm going to be in betrayal and in that honoring in this expression of honoring and we can go into what that means in a minute but in that honoring that is where the balance of the two worlds can be the healthiest for me i needed to be able to have a time to where i sat in an honoring place an expression of love to the ones that i loved that i could no longer hold so when that expression was complete I could go hold the ones that I could hold and to honor them as well. So to to find that balance, excuse me, the honoring, excuse me, is very very important for me to find a ceremony, some kind of external act that that is a reflection of my internal connection. And so it could be a lighting of a candle, it could be a singing of a song. It could be a revisiting of a place that was that was uh, a wonderful experience for you and the one that you love that can no longer hold. It could be anything, and uh, and you know about my rose ceremony. We talked about that before, but there it can it is a kind of a there can be something quite simple, but just say you are not forgotten. You will never be forgotten. You are always loved. I will love you forever, and this is my expression of my love for you. Help release me to be present for the for others. It, it wasn't uh, a, an either or; it was a both and experience. It's a celebration of the life and the lives that I've been given, and the gifts of the memories and the love that I have been given, and that I still get to experience in a different way. That is so beautiful, and it's it's the exact opposite of that feeling of betrayal, isn't it? It's the exact opposite. It's including all those feelings for the one that is no longer present in mm-hmm. physical form um, without taking away anything from anybody. It's it's just really nice. I mean, it's just it just um, and it's good for the person doing it too. You you get a oh. great benefit from it too don't you oh absolutely it's so healing and it's so it, it, it is it connects me deeper to the world around me the more the deeper i connect to the world within me the deeper i connect to the world around me wow okay well number five i love keep on keeping on <laughs> As one baby as one baby boomer to another, keep on keeping on sounds very uh very appropriate to me. That's right. Keep on keep on trucking. Yeah, exactly. So That's tell right. us about keep on keeping on. Well that for me is is that life goes on. Life is it, there's a fluidity to life. There's a there is a movement in life and love that it, it is in perpetual motion and in change and it's a keeping on keeping on is that I don't stop I didn't need to stop 
when my when my loved ones died it changed the way i lived but life goes on and so this is about creating new expressions new moments as well as honoring the ones that i had to honor the ones that i have and to create the ones that i want to have in the future so it's really a it is that fluidity and and you know one of the illustrations that i used was that that uh, lydia said that the, the greatest testament to our relationship, this was a couple of weeks before she died, and she said, I, I want you to continue on and, and, and to find someone that you can love. Because the greatest testament to our relationship is for you to say, I want this kind of love with another. And that was such a beautiful thing to say, and that's true. It's not a sense of betrayal. When I love Rachel, it is an honoring of my love for Lydia. I don't have to choose between the two. I don't have to live in that either-or mentality. And I live in this celebration of love because I have loved. I know love, and I want to experience that while I'm on this planet. And so part of the holiday season is don't stop. Don't you know, continue. Be real. But in that realness, it will take you into new new frontiers, new territory, and, and it's okay. You're not leaving anything behind. You're expanding what is already there into something that's, that, that's new and beautiful and loving. And so it, it's a celebration. It's the celebration of life. And you also say that you're not going on without them, you're going on with them because they're inside. They they are part of you. Part of you went with them, but the rest, you know, that that they came. They're they're with you, inside. Absolutely, you. absolutely. And that is the continued relationships with with Lydia and with my two children, my mother, my brother. That there's nothing that's lost in in my. I was not denied my capacity to love them what death took was my ability to hold them and I still love them and I just needed to learn how to love them in a different way so as I love the ones around me now as I love Rachel as I love my friends and my other family members it is the inclusion they are a part of me loving them and I am a part of loving the ones that I can no longer hold just in a different way. And life does go on, but I don't have to leave them behind to be I able think to that go is such on. A, I think that is such a beautiful way to look at this. I really do. I think it is just a beautiful expression of what, of what the after loss is and what we hope it can be for people who are struggling and you know this this guide is just one of the things that that we hope people will take to heart and find the parts that work for you and you know people will will, will find other things you know they'll they'll be maybe prompted to to do something different even from what's in the five tips you know there's going to be a sixth tip somebody's going to have and it's going to be oh my goodness we didn't think of that you know or you didn't think yeah. of it but um <laughs> uh um, but the way people can um, get hold of this guide is to go to your website, which is um, theafterloss.com, and just click on the tab at the top that says blog. And the first or second blog post is about this book, and it's called Five Tips for Self-Care in the Holidays. The other way to get it is to click on the clickable link in the description on this um uh, description on this player on Blog Talk, and it's a hot link that will take you to the place on the blog to get uh, the book. It's it's instant access, and it's free. And we hope that people will get a blessing from it, um, the same way we hope that you've gotten a blessing from our conversation today, which I certainly have. And um, anything else you want to tell Benjamin? Uh, uh, how about your uh, Facebook page? How do, how people can get to that? Oh, uh, on the Facebook page, it's Grief and Healing in the After Loss is the Facebook page. And 
and I, I'm not sure if you can get the book through that, but or to the link or whatever. But uh, there, there is uh, there are other things that I write uh, that are now uh, that are there around the holidays, particularly right now, but other areas and other issues. And it's a very interactive uh, Facebook page with others giving their comments and their their experiences. It is a it's a very beautiful healing page of, of people sharing the depths of their journey, the depths of their loss, and the depths of their love. It's quite beautiful. And the other thing that people should know about is the book that you wrote, which is called Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss. And there is a clickable link inside the description. Once again, you can go right to the uh, link to get the book. And also, uh, you can access it through the website or straight on Amazon. So um, I think this is a beautiful gift that you have put together, Benjamin. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for being the person you are and doing the work you do to help others in their healing. Thank you, Deborah. And you as well. And you know what? Thank you. And you know what? It is a time to be joyful. Even Yeah. Even no matter no matter what your situation, it really is, uh, you know, it's it's the right it's the right thing to do to try to find that peace and that joy, to honor the people that are no longer people we can hold. Yes, and even if it's not, if people can't get to joy, I encourage them to to open to gratitude and to be to find those things that what what the, the ones that I love they gave me. And that I get to keep, I am so grateful that they are a part of my life. And this can be a time of gratitude and, and gratefulness for the ones we love. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right. Well, this will be all for today. Happy holidays, everyone. Peace, joy, gratitude. And thank you for being with us. Bye, Benjamin. Bye-bye.